Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Performance Intelligence Podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Before we start this episode, I wanted to take a quick moment to ask a favor of you. Please open the podcast app you're listening on right now and hit the follow button. This really supports us growing the podcast and also helps continue to produce high quality conversations around high performance. You listen to us and we want to listen to you. So please also consider leaving a rating and review. Tell us what you love about this episode and what you'd like to hear more of. Give us some feedback as it really does make a difference to what we're doing behind the scenes. Optimize performance through adapting your physical, psychological, and emotional state. There's reward for those that make it. There's a lot of, I think the average number of games in NRL is 30, I I believe similar in rugby. There's a lot of men and now women that that we've got a whole lot more focus, thank goodness, on, on a balance in the sport. But there's a lot of men and women who will play a handful of games who don't earn the big money, who don't get all the trappings that go with that, whose bodies are wrecked when they finish. You hear your, your, your pundits in the public saying, oh, they've never worked a full day in their life. I'm like, you don't even know what you're talking about. You could not spend an hour in that environment and survive. So don't tell me about work ethic. Don't tell me. They've never had a real job. Real job? Okay, you come in at 6.30 and start your recovery. Okay, then we're going to put you in the hardest gym session you've ever done in your life for two hours. Then you're going to go and look at film for an hour and a half. Then you're going to go to a team meeting. Then you're going to train, and you're probably going to cover 6 to 7K, and a lot of that will be high-speed meters. And then you're going to go home and going to do it all again tomorrow. Give me a break. You'll be on the tools tomorrow again. Mm. You couldn't handle it. And on top of that, you throw in New Zealand especially. It's a goldfish bowl. If you play rugby – Everyone knows who you are. You go to your local shop, you go to get bread, you go to the local, you know, go get a haircut. Everyone sees you. Everyone wants to talk to you. Yep. And like we've had the All Blacks haven't had their greatest year, but you know, hopefully they're turning it around. That's an understatement. I think you're yeah. number five or six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is like- <laughs> As an Aussie, like we love this. Yeah, it's historically you know, bad, but you know, our public is just out of control with it. You know, it's just stupid. So what, what are they saying? You know, like I know that when they were- on flights and stuff, there's people just chirping away and talking about, you know, you're not good enough, you're embarrassing. Like, I don't know if you guys probably didn't see it from far, but our coach, Ian Foster, just got destroyed well, in I the did media. I just see that, yeah. So, you like, you've got all of these. It's a high pressure, you know, but I think most of them understand. So, like, they would understand that this comes with the territory. Mm. We don't like it all the time, but we understand it. Are you planning an upcoming conference or company offsite? For the past 15 years, I've averaged speaking at over 50 events each year, and I still love presenting at conferences as much as I did when I first started. To explore the different presentations I offer on a range of topics and themes, including physical and psychological well-being, becoming burnout-proof, connection and belonging, that's a new area I'm, I'm really enjoying presenting on, neuroscience and behavior change, mental skills, and leadership and culture. Or if you'd like to understand our fully integrated conference experience with pre-event diagnostics, activities throughout the agenda, including a morning wake-up, energy breaks, team-building activities, and digital resources to embed learning. To find out more information and to download a brochure, go to andrewmay.com slash keynotes. Why do you think... They are number five or number six. 
the moment? Because the All Blacks have been dominant for decades. What What's shifted in the last couple of years? Yeah, I don't think it's one thing. I think it's a combination of things. Like I look at the other nations are amazing, eh? The way Ireland play now. And, Phenomenal. Yeah, and South yeah. Africa and – you know, even Argentina, who yeah, we couldn't Michael even imagine. Checker and all of his yeah, Australian ten, coaching ten years staff, yeah. ago being even competitive, you know, they're now dangerous. And France are going to be phenomenal at a home World Cup. I think what we all do when we think about the teams we love is we look at through the lens of their failings rather than the elevation of other people's performances. And So true. And I think we have to start with the elevation of other people's performances mm. and then recognising that. You know, you'd know this from a physiologist, like, they're big. There's some big teams with some big play, And we're not they're as big not now. Big, they're massive. Yeah, we're, like, if you put us up against, like, you know, some of the four packs now, like, we're just not as, like, the French are massive. You know, with rugby and rugby league, if you can't win the game physically, you won't win it. Mm. Like, you've got to win the physical battle. And with analytics and technology, so, like, worked in baseball and did a lot of work around the analytics stuff and... Teams now are understanding a really good system will beat talent. And once you start, and I reckon it's a massive principle. So if I look at like, you know, the All Blacks historically have been really instinctive and play off the cuff and, you know, like they'd always say, don't turn the ball over, they'll destroy you because there's no, they can just play, good rugby players. But when you have a system that you trust in and you're not reliant on talent, then all of a sudden, under pressure, your system becomes your default. If you're talent-based, you become frantic under pressure. Are teams not as fearful of the All Blacks as they were? Because there's been this aura, right? And you'd see, I've watched a number of games here in Sydney, Wallabies versus the All Blacks. And when they come out on the field, from the moment they do the haka, there's this, there's an aura. I know Owen Eastwood, you know, they talk about fucker papa and just the, the Maori tradition that's been embedded into it. Is that being lost? Not not the tradition, but is, it, is that fear factor being lost? I think you have to ask the other countries. I mean, like, if you look at it logically, like, Ireland didn't beat us for 100 years and now have beaten us in three of the last five tests. So I don't think they're worried. I think the Aussies still are worried because they can't beat us. As much as we talk about our, like, we got worse and worse, the Blenslow Cup's still been ours for 20 years. So it hasn't converted yet into... Yeah. You know, so maybe with the uh, Wallabies, there might be an aura. I don't know. But I know with some of these other teams, is evidence in some ways will always override history. So like if you have a historical feeling about something, but then you have evidence that you're better than that, you're away. And I think the Irish is the biggest example for me. I think they have evidence because confidence isn't something that you just bang up out of nowhere. Confidence is something you cr- you have to earn through actual evidence. So confidence, uh, my definition is do the work and then back yourself. So like if I if I think about like a confidence, like going back to a little bit of a confidence model, if I see players are, are not confident, then I would say, I just call it act. Okay, so assess where you're at. Commit to your plan. Trust your skill set. And that's why I probably... In that whole mental skills sort of psychology world, I could never, I suppose, buy into the whole reality of, you know, the NLP and the talking. Like, I understood what people were saying, trying to change your inner language, but your brain's too smart. Your brain doesn't 
give you confidence because you've said things. You, you get confidence because you've done things. Because you've got evidence, yeah. You've done. It's confidence and evidence If based. you can, you can. Come yeah. with bad thoughts out, good yeah. thoughts yeah. in. Yeah. Like, and that's like, I'm going to look in the mirror a hundred times and say I'm going to be the best golfer in the world. My brain will go, until you're on the range, five or six hours a day and doing the work, you haven't earned the right to feel confident yet. Hi again, it's Andrew, and I hope you really enjoyed that episode. We would appreciate if you helped to amplify the Performance Intelligence podcast by sharing episodes with your friends and with your colleagues by going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help get the message out to a wider audience, and I love reading the comments as well. If you'd like to know more about booking me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite, or purchasing one of the books I've written, including Matchfit, or if you'd just like to receive my monthly e-newsletter, which is called the AM edition, that has stacks of information specific to all things human performance, go to andrewmay.com. And we'll see you on the next edition of Performance Intelligence.